Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another show. Today, I have a special guest, Jordan Clements. He is uh, one of the real estate investors in Niagara region that is crushing it right now. And he also have different business and he's going to be talking about a little bit. Uh, but welcome, Jordan. Welcome today. Thanks, Luis. Thanks for having me, buddy. No problem. So, Jordan, uh, for the people that know you here in the region in, uh, in Ontario, uh, we all know you as a real estate investor, but what else do you do beside the real estate uh, part of, of you? Yeah, so it kind of goes back to probably like the whole reason I'm kind of here. Like as most of your listeners can probably hear, I'm uh, not originally from Canada. Um, so I actually immigrated to Canada around seven years ago and I started up my own uh, soccer coaching business um, nice. just based off of off of kind of the the experience that I had back in the UK, um, being a, a, being a soccer player. So I then moved here and, and started a, uh, soccer coaching business is my first kind of venture across to this side of the pond. Um, so, so yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So when you were in the UK, that's what you were doing, like you soccer, all about soccer. Yeah. So kind of, um, just, just going like kind of all the way back, kind of grew up, um, originally didn't start in soccer started in like different sports um my dad got me he was in the military so he got me into martial arts karate like kickboxing um always wanted That's to protect awesome. myself and then all my friends at school were were playing soccer or or football as we call it back home so i kind of i feel like got pressured in by all my buddies to to go and play and then started playing and kind of got a bit of an obsessive personality so just wanted to get better and better and better so started training by myself training at home doing all these different things and then got got to a level which was which was good enough to kind of get into what they, they call an academy back home okay i then played there for four or five years um after playing after playing there i, I kind of just didn't know what to do i i was really good at, at soccer so i didn't really want to give that up but i know that i wanted that I was kind of smart enough as well to go to university and to be yeah. so how old, kind of how, old, was how old were you when you were uh, doing all this the soccer in UK so start starting probably around 13 all the way through to probably about 18 wow uh, and then when I was getting closer to 17 18 I kind of knew that look I'm not really good enough to be a professional mm-hmm. um but I could start I could start coaching and I it was it was almost by chance that I kind of landed upon Canada my uncle actually lives here mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't know what to do and I was looking at universities at the time I was playing soccer half the day and then going to school the other half of the day and yeah. um I didn't know what to do I didn't know where to go or, or kind of how we were we're going to kind of go forward so I was speaking to my uncle and he just said oh why don't you come out here we can go to the States. We'll put you on a team, come out for a summer, mm-hmm. enjoy, enjoy your summer before you either decide where to go. So I ended up flying over here for four months. And within a week, I remember calling back to my mum back home and going, Hey, I'm moving to Canada. I love the place. Wow. And within probably a month, I'd come up with like a, an idea of what I wanted a business to look like. That's awesome. Can we talk a, a little bit about it? So, and uh, how, how was your mindset? How, do you have to have like this kind of mindset in order for you like to see like, you know what, I want this business. How was that transformation, that kind of mindset at that age for you to say like, you know what, I want this. What do you have to do? Uh, like for me, I, I 
I always always feel that I kind of had just a bit extra than everyone else, like in, in the way of mindset. Like I, I definitely think you're not born with it. It's kind of trained and developed like everything else. Yeah. And I could see that. Like if you'd have seen the first soccer game I played, I was probably the worst player on the field by like, like I was terrible. I was so shit. Yeah. Um, and just just from that, like I remember being at, at kind of school and everyone was playing like Xbox or PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And like me, I was at, like everyone else I was playing Xbox, PlayStation. And then like, started watching more motivational things, getting myself more motivated, looking at things slightly different. Um, I came across like a speech by uh, Eric Thomas. I don't yeah. know if you with Eric Thomas, um, but like talking about like enjoying life and, and kind of getting ahead. And I saw myself as like, look, I was, I was probably 15, 16 at the time. And I was like, I don't want to be like everyone else. I don't want to live the same life wow. as everyone else. And then <laughs> kind of, I literally just made the split decision. I was like, I'm selling my Xbox PlayStation. I bought like educational books, like as in like business books. At the time I was into soccer, so I bought a lot of coaching books. Yeah. And then, you know, as anything, the more you research, the more you do, the better you become. And and you and, and for me, Love I love it. I started to become really good at at coaching and obviously having the right people around. I also managed to partner myself with probably like one of the best soccer coaches that that's kind of Mm -hmm. been like for youth in, in the part of England that I was living in. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that, that really helped. And kind of like, for me, I've always not, not been very good at listening to what people say is, is one thing I'd probably say, but you know, more of the fact is like, the jobs that I have worked previously, I was able to kind of look at it and go, okay, how can I make this quicker or better? Right. Mm-hmm. How can either I be more effective or everyone be more effective? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where, where it started. And I would say the mindset that I kind of pulled from. Awesome. And from there, how do you end up in real estate? So soccer business, I, I would say like just to put a timeline on it. So that happened. Um, so I came over the first time. This the following year, I decided to go to university in England. Mm-hmm. And um, I decided that I was gonna basically start this soccer business as yeah. of kind of my first year. So November, my first year, literally we had our seven year anniversary last week. And basically what what we decide what I decided was I was going to come over here to Canada in the summer, run that business and then go mm-hmm. back. So I did that for three years. So as I built the soccer business in yeah. May to, to September, I'd come out for the summer, I'd run it, I'd build it, I'd go back to England to university and then I'd come back. Well, the business yeah. was too busy and I was running programs while I was in university in England. Wow. Which was, um, but yeah, I was running a program while I was back there and it got too busy. I actually had to, my last semester come out from January and then I, I stayed. So I had like a full year here uh, from January and then finished the following summer. I would say this must mm-hmm. have been 2020, 2019 mm-hmm. COVID boom. Yeah. And during this time, um, obviously I was doing well in soccer, doing well in business and I kind of looked at it and I was like, there's there's kind of something uh, that people kind of say, right? Like you get to a certain stage where you need a bigger boat. Like for me, I was looking at wow. my soccer, soccer business and going like, hey, like, yes, the skill set that I've got is fantastic. But am I am I maximizing myself as an entrepreneur? Probably not. Could I do what 
other people are doing, yes, I probably have a better mindset, which I would probably say and argue very strongly is the biggest barrier to anyone's anything. It's just mindset. It's not skills. It's not talent. Mindset gets you as far as, as possibly like as you possible can. Man, I, I, I love it. And since the first time that I met you, like always, it's something that I, is very admirable from you, uh, your mindset, your vision. You have a lot of vision, you know, and uh, I totally respect that from you. And I admire you because of that and because of your age. Uh, you, do you mind sharing your age? Yes, I just turned 20. I just turned 25. Um, 25. 25. So... I'm, I'm 30 years old. And at your age, I was doing completely different stuff, you know, and I did not have that mindset and I wish I, I would have. And that's why I, man, you like, you are the figure that I totally admire and I'm your fan and man, and hilarious. And you have a, a great personality yeah. and it's just inspirational for me listening to you. Uh, this is the third time talking to you and man, it's wow it's just amazing uh, when you talk and you talk about everything that you have done in the, at, at your age it's just impressive yeah it, it you know it's it's very it's very funny and I'll, what i'll do is i'll go back and sort of say so kind of your last question getting into real estate and then i'll kind of just add on to that but um mm -hmm. but yeah so so covid happened and probably about six months prior i think everyone does the same thing what does the most wealthiest people in the world do what are they in So I was rowing the wrong boat. I was kind of in the wrong industry. And so I started yeah. researching real estate, researching, researching, researching. And basically at the time COVID was happening, my uncle runs a book binding factory basically or, or facility where they, they bind books, like thousands and thousands of books. Yeah. Most mind-numbing work, most process-driven work in the world. But he needed help there. So I decided, okay, I'm like soccer wasn't happening because of COVID. He needed, mm -hmm. he had a staff of 11. So there was just me and him doing what a staff of 11 could do. So I was working from 5 a.m. to 6 p.m., go back, eat. I would then either like try and do online coaching or, or whatever it was. And then after yeah. that, I was, I was studying real estate till 1 or 2 a.m. So for about four or five months, I was living off of three, four hours sleep, just researching real estate. Every second I had, like, get, how can I get into it? What can I do? Kind of fell across uh, a channel, uh, Matt McKeever, who was a real estate guy mm -hmm. who's now out of real estate, uh, just following wholesaling. And then it wasn't until January 2020 um, where, you know, well, probably that summer, actually, 2019, um, during COVID, I and or 2020 i think 20 yeah one of those two um mm -hmm. i ended up connecting with my business partner ryan um so mm -hmm. as i was getting into real estate i was joining facebook groups and i sent him a message and i said hey um my name's jordan i just wanted to connect i'm probably like you're the only person around the same age as me i was dink 21 at the time mm -hmm. um 21 or 22 i went you're the only person around the same age as me um do you want to connect? And he was just chatting backwards and forwards. He's from Niagara Falls. I was living in Thorold at the time. And then he basically said, oh, I'm doing a workout tomorrow at 6 a.m. at Oaks Park in Niagara Falls. Why don't you come along? And I went along and like we both had the same mindset. We both had the same yeah. drive, same goals. And then it kind of went from there. And, and, and Ryan ended up going to work for a company in uh, Niagara um, called Niagara Private Cash Buyers. And mm -hmm. he basically what they were doing was wholesaling real estate. And yeah. through like the the social group that I was kind of in, I, I knew of the guys and stuff like that. And at the time, me and another guy, we were going to start our own wholesaling business. And I kind of looked at him and went, why don't we just go and join them? 
like if we join them we'll be more effective and and we'll be able to achieve a lot more um together through there so basically what ended up happening um i would say november december probably time um mm -hmm. of that year i called ryan and said hey do you need an extra i went out across brought my other guy and we had about a team of about 10 guys there um that we were that we were teaching how to wholesale and and for yeah. me my business background i kind of leveraged that to go in as sort of like a manager i was managing the team ryan was managing the operations and we ended up doing a shit ton of uh wholesaling like real estate deals <laughs> wow and i was kind of learning on the job like when it was like i was teaching them okay wholesaling like how we wholesale but also like door knocking how do you door knock i'd never door knocked a, a house in my mm -hmm. life but i had to convince this team just as the fact of kind of like management leadership yeah the one i could do it and two i could do it better than everyone else because then i, I they needed a goal to be able to try and chase me yeah. I, as i was doing it it's kind of having that mindset to be able to do like you can do whatever you want. And you know what? Uh, yesterday uh, at night, I was uh, with one of my coaches, uh, and he says something very important. That you, the first, the first thing that you have to do in order for you to do something, you have to believe in it. You have to believe in yourself, and because if you don't believe it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. And 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 that's uh, that's that's awesome. And then you you mentioned about um, that you met with Ryan and you have the same mindset. And it's just incredible because how it works. Um, Leslie Brown, I don't know if you're familiar with Leslie Brown. Leslie Brown says um, the one of the one of the things that you can do to su to succeed to succeed in life is uh, practice OQPs, uh, only quality people. And what it means by that is um, being around uh, with your. Um, I'll be around with people that have the same mindset as as you have because uh, otherwise it's gonna be hard for you to get where you really want to be. Right. Yeah. And and you found it and you are in, uh, in the right uh, social circle. And that's why you're growing so much, man. And, and that's that's just amazing. I think it like it, it comes back to that. And, and I like that um, that analogy of it. Like I use a similar one like you. You're the sixth person of your five closest friends. If you hang out with um, if you hang out with five billionaires, you're probably going to be a, close enough to be a billionaire. Right. Um, if you hang out with, you know, five uh jailbird uh weed smoking um drug addicts you're probably yeah. gonna be one of those as well right so yeah. that's that's a massive thing and i don't think it's ever just you know it, and this is what i've kind of learned because at each stage i had to really upgrade my friends and that was probably one of the hardest things i had to do i had some really good friends who looked after me and stuff like that but at a certain stage like you have to be selfish in in being around people who have the same mindset like for me yeah. i was in a business and i was hiring my friends helping my friends but they were always negative towards the business oh you can't do this oh you can't do that you can't grow you can't yeah so they, they were putting ceilings on me like and i was obviously like being a, a person right like as a human we we obviously mm -hmm. listen to the things we hear Right. Whereas and and the biggest this is and I always use this in 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 places that I talk is at the time um, I'd wrote all my wall, all my goals on my on my wall and where I was living in Thorold at the time. And I was living with those those buddies that I previously had. And 
Mm -hmm. But all around the wall was goals. So I had a real estate goal. I had my soccer business goal. I had personal Mm -hmm. goals. I had health goals. And this is this is like a testament to show kind of where you're at. At the time, I remember writing these goals and I was like, this is going to be so hard to hit in five years. Mm -hmm. Like if I if I hit these, I'll be over the moon, like over the moon. And it was like, do a whole do one wholesale deal. Do three wholesale deals. It was to like to make like X amount of money. I think it was like six figures. And then it was to um what was it? To talk on like a particular sort of podcast, something like yeah. that like on podcast. And uh and then each goal had its own like sort of thing within it. Oh, it was to own five five units, right? This is a five-year goal. And at the time I'm sitting there and I'm like, Jesus Christ. And then it's like <laughs> have do like have a business over a million dollars of revenue have like so like these all these goals i wrote down and i was like boom, 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 i'm gonna do this gonna do this like my soccer business i was gonna like double like double and at the time i was like you know i was like there's no way like unless unless i really really commit there's that, no way to get these goals that is fantastic uh, goal setting how do you learn about goal setting yeah, like the same as everything else it's google right like it's it's a google way eh? like i I actually probably do less goal setting now uh, mm-hmm. than anything. I kind of just have like a big, one big generic goal. Yeah. And I'm like, I have to get there. Like, it's just like almost life or death because I feel like, you know, like I used to, used to, okay, pick a car you want. For example, like one of my goals was to have a Tesla. Like, yeah. but when you get it, I don't feel the same satisfaction because I don't feel like the goal was big enough, if that makes sense. I don't push myself. It does. Uh, It does. It does. And actually, when was it on Monday? I was in a mindset call uh, with one of my coaches in my business. And um, he talks about the end goal, right? Because most of us, we have an end goal. But the thing is that once you you hit that goal, like, okay, what's what's next? You know, like you need something. But if you if you fall in love with the process, like that in that goal is going to even push you harder because you love already the process. And that that's something I just wanted to share with you. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like a, a, a mad thing. So I, so I wrote all these goals across the wall Yeah, and they were obviously massive. And like at the time I was the kind of joke of the house, which was, mm. Oh, here he is setting his big goals, doing this. Wow. And I, was, I was with, they were at university and, they were all doing these fancy degrees, the economics. They were doing economics and like physiotherapy and everything mm-hmm. else. And and they, I was the kind of joke, right? So they all used to come down to the, my room. And if I was in there, they'd knock on the door with a beer in their hand going, are you coming to drink? No, I've got like, I'm, I'm going to do some work. And they would basically say, they. my nickname was, oh, the, the wannabe millionaire. Um, yeah. they used to call me wannabe millionaire um, or wannabe and and they'd come in and and basically that's kind of what really like fueled fueled me and they come in and they went oh yeah you'll never be able to get any of these five years you'll be lucky to do that in a lifetime and what changed it was Ryan and me obviously were talking doing a lot more together mm-hmm. he came o- he came over and there was the two guys I remember the two guys in my room Ryan and this this other buddy and um he went, how much of a joke is this? Like, there's no way he's going to achieve these. And Ryan just looked at him and went like, I think these goals are a bit low. Wow. Right. And so to have that, right. And to know after that stage is like, wow, like 
that's kind of like a real like for me was like a real change in like mm-hmm. one mindset and like and and that was me, me really realizing wow people is a massive massive aspect of who you what you do because like i'm just getting goosebumps man <laughs> yeah who, who do you want to spend your time with the guy who's telling you you can't achieve your goals mm-hmm. or the person who's telling you that your goals are too low and the goals that you've wrote are there a stretch. Now I ended up doing those six goals, uh, those goals in six months, all of the goals, wow. six months, which is, wow. barbaric, which is absolutely barbaric. And it shows you when you put yourself to it, maybe you're closer, to, you're probably closer skill wise to something than you actually ever thought. Um, And, you know, it's, you know, some of it, you, you kind of pinch yourself and go like, Oh shit. Like, you know, at that stage of the time, I was obviously like with COVID, like I was struggling for cash. I was like mm-hmm. probably at the lowest point that you could possibly be. Like I was fighting for every single cent. And then kind of like, I would say six months on from that. And I'm like, I haven't seen this money ever, right? In my life. Like I've yeah. never had to check this big. I've never done this much, this amount of deals. Like, you know, like, and, and everything becomes a bit closer. And, and it comes back to like mindset and perspective. Like when you said earlier, okay, I've achieved so much. Whereas I look at it and go, I've been lazy. Yeah. So I look at myself and go, I am nowhere near where I want to be. But everyone tells me otherwise, right? Everyone goes, okay, you're great. You're this, you're that. And it comes down to like, like that for me is a, is obviously a great thing. But my, one of my key motivators in life is actually people telling me I'm not so good at stuff or I'm shit, or they kind of put me up against it and say, now nah, you can't do that. Wow. Um, and and I first probably realized that at, at university. So I remember I had a girlfriend at the time, and this is another great story, but had a girlfriend at the time and, and I was starting to get into this motivational mm-hmm. stuff and, and things like that. And she was two years older than me. She was already in university and I was going into mm-hmm. university and I went to like, they call it like an open day um, where kind of everyone goes together. And, and the person who owned the university, he introduced the student union president. And basically yeah. he was like, he's the most revered student. Everyone enjoys him. Everyone vote. This is a, a fantastic position. Everyone votes him in for it. And uh, he's great. And he'd done this talk in front of like, I would say four or 500 people with parents and wow. stuff like that in this massive room and i went i literally wrote on my thing student union president year one jordan clements and that's what i wrote oh, and, I wow. like, and then i went back to my girlfriend and went do you know what i'm gonna be student union president she's like oh no you got no shot there's no first year in the history of the organization of universities in mm-hmm. the UK where there's been a first year student union president of a of an existing university that's been older yeah. five years anyway. Obviously, if there's a year one university, then yeah. Um, but I went, no, 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 I'll do it. And she was like, no, no, no. Anyway, got rid of her. She wasn't didn't wow. uh, didn't suit my my mindset. I was like, I don't want to be around that. And basically, first year university, I was voted in record numbers, uh, record distance from the second like place person. I blew everyone out of the water and I basically made one of the best student unions. Um, like I was the, like our university's best student union, like president, president or election. Yeah. Wow. I was on, like, I was doing these open day talks and, and again, everything comes like you do everything for a reason. And what I'd noticed is like, 
there was like really lack and, and this is kind of crazy I, I managed to again leverage the position that I had so year one I kind of set out a plan okay mm -hmm. I wanted to be student union president and then I wanted to be the best student union president like anything yeah. you want to do something you want to be the best if you're <laughs> yeah if you're like and and people are naive to say they don't people don't just do things <laughs> right that is utter bullshit right like utter utter bullshit like whatever you do you want to be the best at it it's just human aspect right we're like yeah. we live to kill like the same as like lions eat like they want they want to eat the biggest deer they don't mm -hmm. want just a, a skinny deer so like for for me i was like okay i want to be the best but i also i said like i want to be that good that i want leverage right and i and, and yeah. not knowing the, the actual term for leverage for me i just wanted mm -hmm maybe it was ego like i wanted people to revere and be like oh wow that's jordan he's the president like so what i did is i set out this massive plan of basically becoming almost like a staff member at university and, and being the vocal point but then i was like okay i need to be able to make money off of what i'm doing because if i'm going to do this dedicate this time i can't have a job so year one was kind of like my taster year and i've realized noticed all the weak areas basically use these open days I was basically talking to future students mm -hmm. and I was saying, I'm the man. I'm the guy you come to. I'm what you do. If you need help, if you need this, if you need that, I have it. And I needed to basically, I was like a networker. I needed to have different people in different locations at times. So I was kind of trying to bring everyone together and I kind of was planning a year ahead. And what I did was I like the unit, I brought to the university a partnership with a, a bar and a club. Um, mm -hmm. So I reached out to the club and said, look, I'm student union president. I represent a body of over a thousand students. Um, we're looking to basically partner up and I want to provide events for them. And brought it to my university. My university went, ah, I don't think that this partnership would work for the university. I went, that's fine. <laughs> I was like, but can I prove it to you that it will work? Now, I brokered a deal with the bar and said, okay, ticket prices, what, what do you need them at? And how can we split it 50-50? So basically what I did is I arranged, um, like I'd get like a school bus. Um, mm -hmm. they'd, get, they'd pay for tickets online. So it'd automatically go in. So I wouldn't have to do anything. I could just send out a link yeah. uh, Monday nights. And um, it was like £10, so like $15. They'd mm -hmm. get travel there, travel back, free entry and a free shot. That's what they'd get. And then I agreed with the the bar. Okay, every twenty five, actually, yeah, every twenty five tickets that I'd sell, I'd get a three free like bottle, like mm -hmm. a, like whatever I wanted, and a, a free like booth area. So like yeah. a bottle service, as they call mm -hmm. it, kind of over here. So every twenty five people. So I basically devised the plan of like, okay, I'm going to go to all the sports teams, and on <laughs> Monday nights when they had training. Um, I'd go to all the sports teams and go, Hey, you, you guys need team bonding, buy 10 tickets off me and I'll give you for a discounted price. Cause obviously they were selling the, the, the booth area yeah, the for, booth, like, yeah. for like two, 300 bucks, which for students wasn't there. I'd go, okay, you give me 150 cash on top. I'll mm -hmm. sell it. So, and, and what ended up happening is I was getting like two, three, 400 people every single week. <laughs> wow. So I was I was banking like like the most week I'd done. I was doing like fifteen hundred to two thousand pounds a week just off of one night, and I was yeah. like, and they the 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 event just turned into like my event. So like my birthday party, we had six buses full of people filled filled with people, um, going there. Wow. 
And I like, it was that bad. We were selling out on weeks and I was like, yes, was I being a bit dodgy? I had the wrist. I, I was controlling everything. I had the wristband. So I was selling mm. them for like 30, people, 30 bucks cash. So I was like, don't book online, book through me, 30 bucks cash. Boom. Done. Like it was, it was outstanding. And that was kind of the first way that I kind of did things. And, and then I started introducing like, um, mm -hmm. to them, I was like, okay, we need to build revenue and we need to grow revenue for the, and like record revenue numbers. We had record signups for like, we did a, a pre-event. So they'd sign up for like a frosh week or freshers week. I put that yeah. all together with, with, uh, like a few other members and I ran everything. Um, and it's interesting. It's interesting. So I, I did that. I, second year they didn't even vote because they basically went they created a new constitutional law within mm -hmm. the university that i had the option to stay on as a president which they created just for me which is fantastic <laughs> uh, i brought across like the student body there as well so like i brought everything under my umbrella so i could control all yeah. of it because kind of two separate entities uh rebranded uh the university student union uh, there was loads of like key highlights i had sat on the board um they built a new uh, brand new student accommodation and i was the student representative advisor for that um not knowing that i was going to eventually get into real estate um i won mm -hmm. the entrepreneurship award but here's the crazy thing right it's like power and leverage i was because yeah. i was student union president i was sitting on the board so i was the student representative of the advisory board for the whole university so anything that had kind of happened i'd know first i'd know before like lecturers before head of faculty like i was sitting with head, head of academics the dean i was sitting with um like the the chairman the ceo like all of these people mm -hmm. were in the board and i was the student representative for everyone so i was sitting there getting the information but i'm getting to know people as well yeah. and the main i would say the main reason was i didn't really know what i wanted to do going into university i i wanted to leverage i, I didn't want to be one of those people who go to university with a degree come out mm -hmm. and use their degree that's me right? <laughs> right? those people infuriate me um because they just lack lack plan and lack goal so for me mm -hmm. i was like hey, how do i get first touch of everything i need to be sitting at the top if i'm student union president who are they coming to first with the with the job opportunities me they're not going straight to students if a job opportunity comes up and i made myself very clear i was talking to every lecturer every lecturer knew me on a first name basis they knew if i needed anything that they were to get it for me and they knew that if i if they needed anything from me i could get it for them right yeah. it's same exchange for money it was just i'm exchanging information i'm exchanging data and i'm exchanging relationships right. network you got um, the leverage that you wanted exactly right and that was my biggest thing so I, I in year year two, I kind of didn't really know whether I was going to go back because the start of uh, year two, I was in Canada. My business was growing here. Mm -hmm. So we've gone from coaching 500 players a week to coaching a thousand kids a week. We're now up around four and a half thousand kids a week during the summer. Um, mm -hmm. Next year, we'll probably be around six to eight thousand kids a week, which is great. So we're doubling a, a pace. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't really know whether I wanted to go back and I managed to negotiate with a university like they call it a bursary over there. But it's basically like a um, basically like a gift, a money gift. Like it's like they paid for part of my university um, yeah. for me to go back. Um, they gave me like an wow. allowance for me to go back. And and like that was kind of the first turning point of like, look, like I was a high performing student. I had good votes with me. Um 
And they, in the last year I got, instead of being president in the last year, I decided that I wanted to show the people that, look, I was, I was the best. Right. So I decided mm -hmm. to step down and, and do kind of like it was an educational role instead. So I'd oversee all of the education um, side of um, side of the university. So like what's happening within the university, how can we make things better, stuff like that. And um, kind of crazy, the head of in um, that they, they like they have like head of academics and stuff. And I remember the first introduction to like the board that we had. So we had everyone from each kind of program yeah. there. There's about 50 people. And he goes, you, I remember sitting in there, the first meeting and kind of introductions going around. I'm obviously chairman of, of the, uh, of that particular board. And, um, and he basically said, you students do not understand how lucky you are to have Jordan as your chairman. Um, wow. He is probably one of the best students this university has ever had and will ever have um, with the difference he's made here. So if you guys do not listen and appreciate his voice and what he says, he goes, you are silly. He goes, you should all latch onto him. And that's kind of like you kind of just in the moment kind of take it as like there. That's, you know, that's awesome. hundred percent. That's that's what basically everybody wants, you know, have that recognition, you know, and, and man. You have to say thank you to your ex-girlfriend because thanks to her, you did all oh. that. <laughs> oh, there's right, the there's, thing, right? There, there's loads, uh, you know, like I remember being in school and I think everyone, uh, I say everyone, a lot of people do, a lot of people don't like mm -hmm. teachers telling you, you ain't going to amount to anything. Like that's the greatest. Loads of people love that. Um, uh, for me, it's stuff like that. Little things that just drive me on and, and you need it right you need those yeah. and for me i kind of relish like i do really well when my back's against the wall you know what uh, there is a, a saying that uh, i have on my wall and it says if uh if the life throws dirt uh dirt at me i will grow a flower yeah right so and and that's awesome and i, I love your story that's a great story and we don't have that much time uh i wanted to play a game <laughs> Yep. Right. But uh, there is not much time uh, to, to keep going. But uh, I would like you to share uh, to people that are listening and they're like thinking about like going forward with the dreams. What would you give them as an advice to start where to start with or oh, people that are struggling? Like, yeah, I have dreams and I have this, but they're like, just, you know, they don't know how to start. They don't know what to start with. Would you say that's a mindset? You have a mindset tip? Yeah. It, it, it for me it's just mindset just mm -hmm. just change your perspective on looking at things right like i think i think the biggest like uh, we all, i call it like victim mentality like everyone has it like why this why that like why mm -hmm. me why me the worst thing in the world could happen why me right yeah. whereas like like it happened for me everything happens for me it's either teaching me a lesson it's helping me grow it's helping me develop so like i want it to be me i want me to go through those things right everyone else is like why me like like prime example right now, right? This market's terrible. I've lost yeah. lots of money. I've made poor decisions because mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking right. My my mindset was good, but I didn't learn the lessons I needed to. Right. So there's so many people that you know. It, thank you. I, like I'm appreciative that happened. Yeah. Right. Like that happened for me. So people need to just switch that victim mentality off. You control everything in life. You control the people that you do, the people that you hang around with. You control the life that you have, right? Sometimes my, uh, my biggest thing is you talk it into existence. 
I'm really good at talking things into existence. Ryan always tells me like, if for some reason I'll talk about it, I'll say it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Then it happens. Right. Like I talked to Tesla into existence. I never mm-hmm. like, you know, I talked to deal and like loads of deals into existence and of being like, we're going to get this. We're going to get this. We're going to wholesale it. We're going to do this. We're mm-hmm. going to just talk things into existence. And naturally you're going to, you're going to go and you're going to move on. Right. If you tell yourself every day, do you know what? I feel fantastic. I feel great. Right. Yeah. You feel great. If you t- like when everyone, this was crazy. My whole house had COVID. I was telling myself, I don't have COVID. I don't have it. Everyone was like super sick. There's me. Mm-hmm. I'm walking around doing my normal thing. Everyone's sick. Yeah, cough around me. I don't care. I'm invincible. Right? You create what you want. Love it. That's awesome, man. So the power of uh, self-affirmations. Yeah, it's it's the biggest thing. And, and that's what, you know, what you want, right? For me, biggest thing is like legacy. Like everyone's going to die, right? People may remember you at your funeral, which I hope they do. People are going to remember you a week afterwards. And then a year, 10 years, 20 years afterwards, you're gone. Yeah, Yeah. what are you leaving behind that's going to be a big thing? Money's obviously not going to be a massive thing, but is your positivity, like the the people I speak about most who are not with us anymore, positivity, Mm -hmm. the type of person they are to be around, the stories they brought, the stories that that you created, like those are massive. What what did they give, right? You know, so if people are, you know, stuck in a rut, you, you have to start because you'll never start. Right. And, and and unfortunately, you're never going to be able to change those sort of people. Ever. Yeah. The thing is, uh, and I believe that you cannot help people that don't want to be helped, even though they are just asking like in front of you, because I, I, I seen many people that need help and you try to help them. But and you can say as many advices or you can give them like some uh, tricks and tips, you know, maybe you can do this or it's working for me, it might work for you. And then they just leave it out of the table. You know, they just, they cannot, they, they need to help themselves first in order for it, for them to start taking other people's advice. I think hundred percent. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for sharing all this information, all that your story. I think it's very inspiring listening to you again. Uh, if you're listening to, to this, uh, go back and listen it again. Jordan's story is just amazing. He's a great speaker. He's a great person. Uh, super successful business guy. And Jordan, thank you so much for sharing all this with us today. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks.